Good morning, Clonic Park. The Lord is here. Indeed, He is. It is so good to be together, whether it is online or on Zoom. My name is Dave. I'm the pastor of our faith community. Today is June 21st, 2020. It's the fourth Sunday of Pentecost during the pandemic. Today's message is called, The Gospel is Inclusive, based on Galatians 3, verses 23 to 29. Today is Father's Day, and so happy Father's Day to all the fathers and those who are father figures for us. One of the things I'd love for a Father's Day gift is time. Time with my family, uh, time together, and that we've had in spades since the beginning of COVID-19. It's a blessing, really, given the fact that four of us are readying for a Vancouver departure and our oldest two are preparing for increased independence. It wasn't so long ago that Charlene and I were needing babysitters so we could go out on a date night, and now our children aren't poorly behaved, but on this one instance many years ago, they did not want us to go out, and so they gave our babysitter quite a run for her money. Now, our children didn't do anything drastic or wicked, but by the time the evening was over, our babysitter was in tears. Paul's picture of the law in today's passage of Scripture, in Israel's story, focuses its task and role as a guardian, a babysitter, if you will. Take a look with me at verse 24. In Paul's world, the word guardian, or Babysitter refers to a servant or slave whose task it was to look after the children day by day on the parents' behalf, taking them to school, making sure that the children were safe, keeping them out of mischief, and so on. Many cultures have such people who are in the employ of families. We tend to call this role in our culture an au pair or nanny. Well, friends, if you haven't yet opened your Bible to today's passage, I invite you to do so now. I'll be reading from the New International Version. Galatians 3, verses 23 to 29. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The point that Paul is trying to make here in the larger context of the passage is that for the children of Israel, between the time of Moses and the coming of the Messiah, Israel was still a child and needed special care. 
The fact that Israel needed a babysitter during its period of childhood did not mean that the babysitter should continue its work once the child had grown up. What Paul is saying is that with the coming of the Messiah, Jesus, the long-awaited anointed one, Israel was finally God's grown-up child. In other words, Israel had finally reached the age of responsibility or trustworthiness. Now, here in the passage, the word faith can also be translated as trustworthiness. Paul is declaring that faith, the same word in Greek, can mean faithfulness, trust, trustworthiness, reliability, as a sign of maturity. In other words, the sign that the babysitter, the law, is no longer needed. Paul's point is that the Messiah himself is the sign that here at last is a mature Israelite come to bring God's promises to fulfillment. The answering faith of the believer is the sign that this person, no matter what their ethnic background is, is a full and complete member of God's family. Now, friends, what is happening south of the border is truly horrific. What we've seen over these past number of weeks has been disheartening, with violence responded to with further violence, ever deepening the wounds of a history marked with slavery and bullying and oppression and racism. The problem is that as we view the tragedies on the news, it's easy for us to think that those kinds of problems are isolated to the U.S. We as Canadians must come to terms with and repent of our own history of racialized oppression and violence towards indigenous people and other peoples of color. The reality is, is that the discrimination actually exists within all of us, in one way or another, no matter what our skin color or ethnic origin. The headlines are only pointing out one form of discrimination for the moment. But friends, racism isn't new news. It's very old, even ancient news. And just like our world is today, Paul was dealing with racism in today's passage. Racism, discrimination, and violence are antithetical to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so go with me to verse 26 where Paul explains, All of you, that means you all, are children of God through this faithfulness in the Messiah Jesus. Now, you'll have to understand that the word or the term children of God is itself a biblical title for the nation of Israel. Israel, said God, is my son, my firstborn. He said that in Exodus chapter 4, verse 22. And this title goes all the way back to the great story of the Exodus, God's redemption of Israel from slavery in Egypt. Paul is now taking that story, the foundation of all that Israel knew about itself as God's redeemed people, and he moves it onto a larger stage still. The whole of Israel's history, from Moses to the Messiah, Paul declares, has been like the time when Israel was enslaved in Egypt. Now the time of the deliverance has come. The Messiah has come. Do you want to go back to being a child when you could be actually grown up? Do you want to go back to being a slave when you can actually be free? And that mark of the grown-up child of God, that badge of honor of God's free people, is that he trusts them with responsibility. They are people of faith, of trust. They believe the good news of Jesus. Let's move on to verse 27. For Paul, it is a matter of belonging to a particular community. What community is this? 
It's the new royal family, the Messiah's people. And this family is entered into through baptism. Baptism is therefore into the Messiah. It is the doorway through which one passes into membership into the single family that God promised to Abraham. The baptismal candidate would declare in ancient times that Jesus is Lord, and we have continued that tradition. Jesus is Lord. And they would put on the Messiah or clothe themselves with Christ. And so as the candidate would come out in ancient times, they would be given a new shirt, a new cloak to wear. And this would mark them as part of Messiah's family. This is where it gets interesting. As a result of joining Messiah's family, old distinctions stop being relevant in terms of their status in the family. They're standing before God or one another. Now, this doesn't mean that every aspect of their human identity becomes irrelevant. Quite the contrary. Paul is still very aware of himself as a Jewish Christian. But this is not the basis of his standing as part of the true family of Abraham. Paul is very aware of some people being slaves, while others are actually freemen. Or why would he have written the letter to Philemon that we have just looked at? Paul is still very aware of male and female genders, as many passages would indicate in his writing. The point is that all of these identifiers are actually irrelevant for their status in Christ. In other words, the playing field is actually level here at the foot of the cross. You are all one in the Messiah, Jesus, Paul says. And this is the high point of the passage for me. Verse 29 summarizes what Paul was talking about. God promised Abraham a single family in the Messiah. You are, my friends, Abraham's family, Paul is saying. Why look anywhere else? Why try to become a child of Abraham by any other means? If you are part of Abraham's family, you stand to inherit all that God promised Abraham, which is life in and with God and all that he has to offer. Today's passage speaks powerfully to every situation in which is sadly just as common or maybe even more so today than in Paul's day. The world is divided along ethnic or cultural lines. Many of those lines are characterized in Christendom as well. Eastern Orthodox churches versus Western churches. Protestants versus Catholics. And we know that history all too well in the recent upheavals in Ireland. Not so many decades ago. And then all of the denominations in between. Most of these divisions, though, historically understandable, stand in contempt when considered in the light of this chapter. A passion for the good news of Jesus translates directly into a passion for the unity of the church, Christ's body. And so, Clarny Park MB, let's continue to commit to making our space welcome to all who would enter our doors, into our spaces, into our Zoom calls, into our lives. Let us continue to try and remove all the barriers possible that prevent others from coming to Jesus. Friends, let's continue to work hard at being bridge builders, not stonewallers or protectors of something that was meant for all peoples. 
As followers of Jesus, we are called to recognize the justice and reconciliation that God seeks to bring about in the world, and we are called to participate in that work of justice and of reconciliation. And since God is working, we must join him and refuse to do nothing. Friends, let us work with God, joining him in working with our brothers and sisters who are experiencing injustice to bring about the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. And that work might actually start by looking into the mirror. We need to examine ourselves. Friends, what is our posture? Is it one of self-righteousness? One of indignation? One of humility? Is it one of openness and open-handedness? Are we open to listening to another person's perspective, their story, or their experience. We can go further by inviting those whose voices have been silenced to share their stories of being victimized, maybe their stories of racism or discrimination or injustice of any sort. Maybe one of us has a story to share. Do we have space to listen and enter into another's place of vulnerability? And can we respect that vulnerability? Friends, we have done well so far. Our welcoming of refugees, our help in providing living space for newcomers in need, our welcoming of other cultures and their foods and customs and smells and senses of humor, it makes for a wonderful and beautiful mixture of human life. But we can go further. Let's bring those sentiments right home and welcome others through our doors once COVID-19 restrictions lift once this scare is finally over. Friends, let's bring hospitality into our homes and into our ways of living. Kalani Park MB Church, let's continue to celebrate our unique ethnic and intercultural mix. With all of its complex flavors and nuanced tones, let's continue to commit to making our space a safe place for all to engage in, to explore, to experience, and learn all that God has for his people. Let's continue to declare that the good news of Jesus Christ is inclusive. It's meant for all of us, male or female, all the different shades of melanin, employed or not. Let's remember that we're part of the family that God is busy making and molding and shaping, more into the complex likeness that he is. We're part of this beautiful, multi-tiled mosaic of which no one part is more or less worthy than the other. Thanks be to God. This leads us to a few questions for us to consider as we think about today's passage. Number one, do we consider ourselves grown up? If so, how? In what ways? What ways are we still growing or needing growth? Number two, Are we trustworthy? Are we faithful and reliable? How so? What are the marks of someone who is faithful? Third question, do we really believe? And if so, what does that actually mean? Conversely, would we secretly like to be looked after by a babysitter? Why? Number four, Who is welcome in through the doors of our fellowship? Who's welcome into our space? Who's welcome to the communion table? And conversely, who would not be welcome? 
Would those people make you uncomfortable? Why? And for you, who would those people be? Friends, as we live into these things, let us remember that our Deliverer is coming. Our Deliverer is standing by, ready to respond to all who call upon His name. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please enjoy this song by Rich Mullins and the Ragbuffin Band called My Deliverer. It was recorded after Rich's passing many years ago. Peace to you. Jesus heard the whole world 